0: Liquid gold. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. Now that silage is off the ground and harvest is underway in some areas of the state, farmers are applying manure. Kevin Erb is a nutrient management and conservation specialist with Extension. He says we were behind on the corn silage harvest and manure application, but the dry weather and winds have caught farmers up.
1: I think we're catching up dramatically. I was a little concerned here a couple weeks ago, uh, given some of the weather uh, weather patterns we were seeing, but looking at the forecast now and uh, how things have been here for the past week, uh, I think we're in really good shape for silage despite the uh, late start to get it harvested.
0: Yeah, and also for spreading manure because, like harvest, it's best to do that also when it's dry.
1: Right. There's a couple of reasons why we like to. From the perspective of keeping the roads clean, if the fields dry, we're not tracking mud out on those roads. But from a crop production standpoint, um, if the fields are wet, uh, that's when we get compaction. And compacting that soil can dramatically impact yields, not only the year after, but even five and ten years into the future. So for manure application, for harvest. I always like to see those fields a little bit on the drier side, keeps the neighbors happy, keeps mud off of the roads and helps us prevent that soil compaction that robs yield.
0: When I think of uh, spreading manure, I think of just that topical application, but there's a lot of different ways that it's done now. Walk us through, I mean, is that still the primary way manure is being applied or are there other things, other ways of application that farmers are, are trying out?
1: Well, if we think back to that typical red barn and 45 or 50 cows that was common probably close to 40 years ago, pretty much every farmer spread manure every day. And so when the weather was nice, you spread, but when the weather was bad, there was a high chance of runoff, you still went ahead and spread anyway. And so now a lot of our farmers have built manure storage and are spreading only once, twice, maybe three times a year which allows us to spread it when conditions are much more favorable in terms of reducing runoff and making sure those nutrients are there for the uh, growing crop the next year. Now, what that means, of course, is that we need larger equipment to do that. Farms have also gotten larger, so we're going farther distances down the road. So that tractor-pulled spreader that's spreading solid manure out the back really has been replaced by liquid tankers, that are injecting manure, but also hoses now that are injecting manure or land applying it directly. And so with those types of systems, the equipment is larger. And what we see for moving manure long distances is not a parade of slow-moving tractors as much anymore, hauling manure spreaders, but really a move towards semis and uh, transferring that manure right at the side of the road. And of course, the benefit to that is I've got less vehicles going in and out of the field, less soil compaction, but I'm also creating uh, a cleaner surface for the road because I'm not tracking mud out there as well. So there is the inconvenience to neighboring landowners and the people that are using those roads of having to follow whatever equipment is being used, but we're a much more efficient system now than we used to be, can get that manure worked into the soil or incorporated right away to reduce the chances of environmental loss.
0: As you had just laid out for us, there's a few different strategies to get that those nutrients on the field in the best way that makes sense for your agribusiness. Is there also a, a conservation aspect here?
1: There definitely is because fertilizer prices, while they're less than they were, say, earlier this year, uh, they're still higher. And so if we can take advantage of those recycled nutrients, the nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium, but also the micronutrients, the boron, the sulfur, the zinc, the copper in manure, we're going to save ourselves money in the long run as well. And from a crop production standpoint, I like the fact that manure's nutrients are released slowly over the growing season versus uh, more rapidly with a commercial fertilizer. And so making sure that we're getting that manure incorporated if we can follow that, if it's suitable with a cover crop to reduce any potential future additional losses, uh, that cover crop can capture some of that nitrogen. And uh, in a time of higher fertilizer prices and increased environmental awareness, it's something that I'm seeing more and more farmers look at and try to figure out how to best manage.
0: Do you talk with the custom manure applicators at all, Kevin, uh, and if you do, uh, what are you hearing from them this time of year? I'm sure they're busy, but do you find that they have increased need for for their services?
1: The data from the custom manure hauling industry says that they're hauling about seven billion gallons of liquid dairy manure a year in the state. Now, to put that in comparison, that's enough to cover uh, the playing surface at um, Camp Randall, including the end zones, to a depth of just over two and a quarter miles or so. So. Uh, The dairy industry produces about $12 so the four higher applicators are handling about two-thirds of that. Um, And what they're really able to do is to get that out there um, in a more efficient manner in a lot of cases than the farmer themselves. Their staff are trained on spill response, on understanding the regulations and um, making sure that that manure can get out there. But it's really a matter of... We're still sharing the road with the individuals that are driving those roads, whether it's a custom manure applicator or a farmer. And so everybody working together, um, even yesterday as I'm driving from southern Wisconsin back to Green Bay, uh, I got caught behind tractors I think three or four different times going down the road. And yes, it is a little bit frustrating, delayed me a few minutes, but it's just a matter of what happens this time of year. Those four higher manure applicators are implementing a lot of fairly neat technology from the GPS as applied mapping that we see. So we even see some of the manure applicators now having the real-time nutrient sensors, which measure nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium, and dry matter real-time as I'm applying, and rates can be adjusted based on the field conditions and the particular needs of that particular corner of that field uh, for the next crop.
0: A lot of important messages there. There's a lot of fascinating technology used on a farm today so watch out for it on the roadway whether you're in the car or in the tractor. Be safe on the road during this harvest season. But Kevin you also mentioned there is 12 billion gallons of liquid dairy manure produced in the state each year. Tell me about that figure. Is that up down or staying the same?
1: So we're seeing the numbers bounce around a little bit. Uh, Part of it is that as farmers are implementing more stringent environmental regulations or capturing more water at the farm itself, so the volume that is being captured and applied is higher. But also we see some farmers beginning to uh, purchase some of their own manure application equipment, and when they do have the time uh, during the slower parts of the season, resuming some of their own application. So it does bounce around a little bit.
0: Is there always enough?
1: There's always a shortage because we're always facing a weather situation. I mean, we know that we've only got so many days between now and when the ground is going to be frozen, and I can't work manure in or inject it anymore. We don't know how many days it's going to be until we get a significant rain and fall and the soil is too wet to spread manure or harvest corn or soybeans for a couple of days to a couple of weeks, and so... We're always trying to make sure we're getting manure out there as soon as possible uh, so that we don't pinch ourselves. And given the current labor shortages across all industries, both farmers that are hiring people to work on the farm, the for-hire manure applicators, the custom forage harvesters, everybody is facing the same challenge of finding high-quality, competent help to get agricultural work done.
0: All right, Kevin, so we talked about some of the new technologies that manure applicators are using, but you have some takeaways for smaller farms, too, some ways that they can implement technology on-farm that can make a difference in manure application.
1: One of those is that we see farmers putting their field maps on either a phone or a tablet computer, not one that's connected to cellular service, but just uses the GPS within that tablet or the phone itself. And it's not recording where I'm spraying or where I'm spreading manure, but it's showing me where I am in that field. And so in certain fields, we have setbacks for pesticide application. For manure application, we need to stay so far back from streams, from wells, and environmentally sensitive areas. And so farmers can fairly simply put their own maps um, on a tablet computer or a phone have those in the cab of the tractor, whether you're driving the newest technology that's out there or a 3020 John Deere from the 1970s with a box manure spreader, and know where you are. And if you know where you are in the field, you're able to make better management decisions.
0: Thanks for bringing that up, Kevin. If, if folks are interested in doing that, is Extension the best way to, to get help?
1: If farmers with a nutrient management plan are interested, they can actually get... Cost-share assistance through the NRCS CSP Conservation Stewardship um, Program for what's called 590D. D is in dog. It's an enhancement to a nutrient management plan that will pay for part of the cost of a phone or tablet, wiring it into the tractor and putting those maps on there. And that's a really neat thing. It's a low-cost option uh, that we see a number of farmers beginning to really look at and say you know, this is neat technology. It doesn't cost that much, but it helps me prove that I'm a better manager.
0: Kevin Erb, along with us, a nutrient management and conservation specialist with UW Extension. Kevin, anything else you wanted to add before I let you go?
1: One of the interesting things about farmers, manure applicators, and the nutrient management maps is that we find that a lot of folks do have difficulty seeing colors and markings, particularly on some of the air photos. And we know that statistically about one in 12 or so males do have difficulty differentiating color. And so when you're getting your conservation plan maps, your spray maps, your nutrient management plan maps, there are things that your crop consultant or agency person can do to make them easier to read, putting icons on there, uh, changing the symbols a little bit, And so as you're working over this winter and the coming months, kind of putting some maps together, working with that conservationist or that agronomist, if you're having difficulty seeing those, don't hesitate to ask. It's been really interesting as I've been working with producers and manure applicators, just a little change in the setup of those maps makes a world of difference about how easy they are to see and to read.
0: Always great information from Kevin Erb. Again, he's an extension conservation and nutrient management specialist. Great info to take with you when this season is over and you begin to prepare to spread manure this spring. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff.